Thank you for joining me for today's Beast Watch News Update. News from the Internet's most comprehensive Bible prophecy news website, BeastWatchNews.com. I'm Kimberly Rogers Brown. More people have converted to Judaism recently. I learned from news sources this week. The list grows longer by the week, it seems. These current events don't make the mainstream news. No future historian will write about it because the secular world doesn't care. And it is just as it should be to the New World Order folks. But we were warned about certain events that must take place before Yeshua will return. The apostasy falling away is such an event and it is happening now because the time is getting closer. Here's a disclaimer. There is a lot of information in this broadcast that goes against what we were taught in Christianity and in Hebrew roots. You may need to revisit this information as I have packed this broadcast full. Today, I am giving you a choice between the red and blue pills. Just as in the movie The Matrix, the pills represent a choice we have to make between accepting the truth of reality and maintaining our blissful ignorance of the religious world of men and demons. The red pill will make you aware of the religious matrix and what the religion creators and upholders are doing. There will be no turning back once your eyes are opened. The blue pill is remaining in denial. You decide. If you read this article and or listen to this podcast, you will have taken the red pill. If you don't read or listen, you will have chosen to remain duped. In this week's broadcast, we will examine the falling away. Why is it coming? What is it? Who gets caught in it? And who set up the trap? And who escapes? The falling away is in direct correlation to the arrival of the anti-Messiah prior to Yeshua's return. 2 Thessalonians 2 verse 1 Now regarding the arrival of our Lord Yeshua Mashiach and our being gathered to be with him, we ask you, brothers and sisters, not to be easily shaken from your composure or disturbed by any kind of spirit or message or letter allegedly from us to the effect that the day of the Lord is already here. Let no one deceive you in any way. For that day will not arrive until the rebellion comes and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the son of destruction. He opposes and exalts himself above every so-called God or object of worship, and as a result, he takes his seat in God's temple, displaying himself as God. Believers have come and gone over the past 2,000 years. Church numbers for people leaving Christianity now are high. Some leave because they simply want to return to secular life. But a lot of them have left the church to become atheists in the last couple of decades. 
Go to Google to find the online testimonies of newly converted atheists and to Amazon to read the myriads of books by former Christians who are now atheists. Hebrew Roots is comprised of believers coming out of the church too, but we are moving in the direction toward the kingdom, not away from it. Christians becoming atheists are moving away from the kingdom. The many reasons believers are leaving the church can be viewed as falling away. However, this move away from the church is not toward the anti-Messiah. Believers converting to Judaism is the falling away because Judaism is looking for the Jewish Messiah who is from the line of Solomon and will restore the Jewish nation. Converts are lining up to accept the Jewish Messiah from the line of Solomon. The importance of knowing which line, which of David's sons the Messiah came through cannot be stressed enough. It is a vital piece of information that will prevent people from converting to Judaism. Why? Because one line is the righteous line, the other is evil. Conspiracy theories are rampant about the connection between Freemasonry, Kabbalism, Judaism, and the New World Order. It has been my practice to avoid these conspiracy theories because so much of the information is murky. But now I find myself facing the prospect that Freemasonry, Kabbalism, Judaism, and the New World Order are connected to the rise of the anti-Messiah because of their connections to Solomon. Freemasonry is based on Solomon's temple, pure and simple. Everything is about Solomon and world leaders all seem to be listed on the 33rd degree of Freemasonry. A few years ago I ran news articles about Netanyahu and others who are known 33rd degree Freemasons. Freemasonry is evil. Albert Pike is said to have claimed Freemasons worship the true God, Satan. It is beyond the scope of this ministry and Beast Watch News to examine the veracity of claims about Freemasons. My husband is an expert in Freemasonry because Yahweh called him to understand it in the early 1980s. I also have studied it a little, but its inner rituals remain mysterious. However, these rituals seem to be connected to Judaism's religious mysticism, the Kabbalah. Before I enter into a discussion of the Kabbalah, I must first explain Yahweh's plan. I'm sure you already know what I'm about to tell you, so this will be basic information for you. But it is information that we need to review every now and then. Yahweh always sets up ways to make a distinction and separation of his true people from the rebellious. 
the sheep from the goats. He first used food in the Garden of Eden. Later came circumcision, then a covenant with commandments. Now these commandments were already being obeyed by the forefathers, but they had not yet been formalized by the time of Mount Sinai. Once formalized, the commandments defined Yahweh's nation and made it distinct from other nations, not just as individuals, as in the case of the forefathers and those children of Israel when they were in Egypt as individuals belonging to the Hebrew family. Another distinction Yahweh set up to separate his sheep from the goats is the two lines of kings, Solomon's or Nathan's. Mary's line put Yeshua in a line that people have to seek to find and understand. And it is a line that is opposed to Solomon. Yeshua said he is greater than Solomon. Matthew 12:38 Then some of the experts in the law along with some Pharisees answered him Teacher we want to see a sign from you but he answered them An evil and adulterous generation asks for a sign Let's stop here Why did Yeshua tell them they were evil and adulterous because they asked for a sign Doesn't he show us his authority and love to us every day through signs? Yes. But that is not what the Pharisees were asking for, really. What they really wanted was for Yeshua to submit to their examination and prove to them he was the king from the line of Solomon. And they wanted him to submit to their authority to let them declare him, yea or nay, as a claimant to the line of Solomon. In fact, continue with me because you will see that Yeshua answered their Solomon question. Yeshua answered them saying, no sign will be given except the sign of the prophet Jonah. Matthew 12:40. For just as Jonah was in the belly of the huge fish for 3 days and 3 nights, so the son of man will be in the heart of the earth for 3 days and 3 nights. The people of Nineveh will stand up at the judgment with this generation and condemn it because they repented when Jonah preached to them and now something greater than Jonah is here. The queen of the south will rise up at the judgment with this generation and condemn it because she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon and now something greater than Solomon is here. The Pharisees were looking for the Messiah from the line of Solomon. Yeshua couldn't rule from Solomon's throne for several reasons, starting with the unrighteousness and idolatry of that line and the fact that adopted sons and Yeshua was the adopted son of Joseph can't inherit the king's throne. I want you to see what this means because it impacts Judaism today. 
the Pharisees were trying to control Solomon's Messiah descendant then, and they are still trying to do that today. This is why the rabbis are looking for the Messiah through Solomon's line. He will seemingly do what the Pharisees then, who are the rabbis now, want. What, what is it that they want? They want Yahweh's kingdom established on Solomon's lineage. Why do they care so much about this? It is because the house of Israel is the house of Judah's nemesis. Judah's kings all came from Solomon. This is a case of the older brother trying to cut the younger brother out of the will, so to speak. Notice that Yeshua's answer directly relates to the house of Israel when he says he will be in the earth for three days and nights. Did the Pharisees understand what he was saying? Who knows? But they probably already knew he was going to do something they didn't want. Jonah had gone to preach not to Gentiles, but to the house of Israel who were already partially in captivity in Nineveh. The Pharisees would have known and understood this history during their day, and they didn't want a Messiah to come for the house of Israel. They wanted a Messiah who would continue to uphold the hatred of the kings toward the house of Israel from the line of Solomon. Prior to this encounter, Yeshua had sent his disciples to the house of Israel in Matthew 10. After this, he would address the issue directly, saying he had come for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. The return of the lost tribes was a threat to the Pharisees. This is why Yeshua called them adulterous. They were sleeping with the Roman Empire and knew this particular secret. 1 Chronicles 5 verses 1 and 2. The sons of Reuben, Israel's firstborn, now he was the firstborn, but when he defiled his father's bed, his rights as firstborn were given to the sons of Joseph, Israel's son, so Reuben is not listed as firstborn in the genealogical records. Though Judah was the strongest among his brothers and a leader descended from him, the right of the firstborn belonged to Joseph. The Pharisees were happy with their Roman plight and as long as they could control the people, the situation was good for them. We know this kind of spirit as a religious spirit. It is exactly the same kind of spirit that infiltrates all religions today. Judaism, Christianity, and Islam. This is exactly why there is a Hebrew Roots movement. However... The people who boot scoot themselves right on into Judaism 
don't understand the need to stay away from doctrines and dogmas of men and just stick with the simplicity of Yahweh's word definitions and his plan. Now, you may be thinking, but Judah was prophesied to be the kingly tribe. So, let's examine the blessing of Judah. Genesis 49.10 says Judah will get the scepter and it won't depart from him until Messiah comes. This is a blessing, not a birthright. The Jews regard this as a birthright and Judaism says Judaism will have the birthright and the blessing eternally. But this blessing is only a blessing and is not the birthright. Jacob had already given Ephraim the firstborn place in Joseph's name in Genesis 48. The blessings express what will happen to the tribes in the future, but they don't tell you the details of how the blessings will be fulfilled. It turns out that Judah's blessing came about because he simply overpowered his brothers. First Chronicles 5.2 says Judah was the strongest, but it does not say he was given the birthright of the firstborn. Jacob had a plan and Yahweh upheld it. Yahweh's plans, like Jacob's, will not be thwarted. Yahweh chose the best of Judah, David, through which he would establish his messianic throne. Yahweh needed to establish this throne because he knew his people would break the covenant of Abraham long before the covenant was made and because Jacob had blessed Judah with the scepter. The overpowering of Judah against his brothers happened later, after David and Solomon. Judah's overpowering came in the form of him absorbing the tribe of Simeon. Then Yahweh took away the ten tribes and gave them to a descendant of Joseph, Jeroboam. Benjamin should be with Joseph because they have the same mother but Yahweh chose to keep a son of Rachel with Judah and gave Benjamin to be with the southern kingdom instead of with the northern. The Levites living in the southern kingdom stayed with Judah. Some Levites it is said stayed in the north. So the house of Judah overpowered the house of Israel. Thus, it was the house of Israel that got cut off and exiled when it was time for Yahweh to move against his people after having given them so much mercy that they were not paying attention to. This was according to plan, according to Jacob's blessing of Judah for having given himself as surety for Benjamin in Egypt. But it is not the final plan. In fact, the Jews don't understand that Judah must still deliver Benjamin to Joseph again. 
This is part of Yahweh's restoration plan for the end of days. As in the beginning, so in the end. Joseph is the rightful heir of the firstborn birthright, even though the blessing of scepter temporarily went to Judah for the purpose of bringing the righteous servant to the earth. The Pharisees were not going to give up that easily. They would have to kill Yeshua, which was the plan all along from the foundation of the earth. His mission is to return Judah to his rightful place as the fourth son of Jacob and continue with his original plan of Joseph as the firstborn. This has not happened yet, but it will happen. The Pharisees, today's rabbis, are fighting this by maintaining their position that the Messiah of the Jews must come through Solomon. They understand that the Matthew and Luke genealogies clearly imply that Yeshua is not from the line of Solomon and cannot ascend to David's throne through Solomon. Yeshua told the Pharisees he is greater than Solomon because Yeshua understands something that Solomon did not. According to the Jews, Solomon did not understand the mystery of the four kinds of species at Sukkot. You see, wisdom and knowledge are not the same. Solomon had wisdom. He could make justice happen in the earth, but he lacked understanding. He did not understand that the Messiah, who everyone was expecting, even during Solomon's own time, was connected with the feasts. The prophets denounced the Israelites for the shoddy way they did their sacrifices. Isaiah 1 verses 11 to 13, Of what importance to me are your many sacrifices, says the Lord. I am stuffed with burnt sacrifices of rams and the fat from steers, the blood of bulls, lambs, and goats I do not want. When you enter my presence, do you actually think I want this? Animals trampling on my courtyards? Do not bring any more meaningless offerings. I consider your incense detestable. You observe new moon festivals, Sabbaths, and convocations, but I cannot tolerate sin-stained celebrations. This scripture is mistaught by almost everyone. When were the Israelites giving their shoddy sacrifices? When they were mistreating Yahweh as he told them not to do in Deuteronomy 12.31. They were doing this abominable worship at Yahweh's feasts. Solomon started the Israelites down this path. He may have been wise But he was blind to what Yahweh really wants, which is our heart. Solomon was given wisdom only so he could make just judgments for his people. 1 Kings 10.9 says, May the Lord your God be praised, because he favored you by placing you on the throne of Israel. Because of the Lord's eternal love for Israel... 
He made you king so you could make just and right decisions. Solomon's wisdom did not give him spiritual understanding. Thus, Solomon's lack of understanding about the four species at Sukkot is really a euphemism saying Solomon didn't understand Yahweh or have a proper relationship with him. Solomon's wisdom turned him into a proud man and his wisdom became a trophy to display as he did to the Queen of Sheba that Yeshua called the Queen of the South. Solomon got puffed up and disobeyed Torah to the extreme. Now let's put it all together by examining the Solomon-Messiah connection from other sources, Freemasonry and the Jewish Kabbalah. Not only is Solomon prominent in Judaism and Christianity, and his lineage is still kept alive in defiance of Yahweh, he permeates and oozes into the world through Freemasonry and the Kabbalah. What most people don't know is how Freemasonry and the Kabbalah are connected. Let's look at Freemasonry first. Freemasonry is full of symbols known as Masonic symbols. These include Solomon's magic ring, which I'll tell you about in a moment, talismans, protection seals, and amulets. Scripturally, all kings had special rings. They used these rings for various purposes, one of which was to seal documents. Judah had a ring, a cord, and a staff. With these, he assumed power over the Israelite family, even though the true symbol of the firstborn was the many-colored coat Jacob gave Joseph. Judah killed Joseph, as it were, by exiling him to gain the firstborn position. Judah, to this day, is fighting to keep Joseph in exile by not allowing or even acknowledging that Christians and Hebrew Roots believers are Hebrews and Israelites and by making it impossible to make Aliyah as House of Israel, House of Joseph, or Ephraimites with our faith in Yeshua intact. Now, we will prevail because we are who John, in Revelation 14:12 said, Here is the patience of the saints. Here are they that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Yeshua. According to both Freemasonry and the Kabbalah, King Solomon's magic ring gave him power over demons. Solomon is considered a magician in Freemasonry. The magic ring was given to him by the Archangel Michael. Solomon discovered the names of angels that influenced the demons he wanted to control. Freemasonry and the Kabbalah both teach that we can have all power over the demons by capturing their power to put them into service. One way that Yeshua is greater than Solomon is because Yeshua has power over demons 
and gave his disciples this ability without a ring, seal, amulet, or talisman. This is evidence that Yeshua is Yahweh in the flesh. Demons were his creation. They must obey him. Solomon also was Yeshua's creation. And remember this about the seals of Solomon. All of the holy seals belong to Yeshua, not Solomon. Stay tuned, I'll be right back after these messages. Hi, this is Kimberly Rogers Brown thanking you for listening to the Jerusalem Report produced by BeastWatchNews.com and asking you to send your support. A donation of any size to BeastWatchNews.com. It costs money to run ministries, to teach the word, interpret the prophecies, and to keep websites online. Trust me, we sure do appreciate it. And remember, you can read the transcript of today's broadcast under the Jerusalem Report at BeastWatchNews.com Join Pete Rambo and Kimberly Rogers Brown in Jerusalem for the Feast of Sukkot. 16 nights for only $825. Offer includes breakfast and dinner. Does not include airfare, other transportation, or lunch. Present yourself before the eyes and heart of the King in Jerusalem. Go to AniYosef.com for details. A-N-I-Y-O-S-E-F.com See you this year in Jerusalem and stay tuned for details on the upcoming Jerusalem tour. Such a deal. Join the Rambo and Brown Jerusalem Tour at Sukkot 2018 for only $199 for three days or $74 a day for a single day in case you can't attend all three days. We will visit the important sites in Jerusalem Old City plus Mount Herzl and Yad Vashem, the Holocaust Museum. You will see amazing archaeological evidence of Jerusalem and Temple Mount going back thousands of years. This year in Jerusalem, through the use of his magic ring, King Solomon captured Asmodeus, the king of demons. According to the Kabbalah, the demon Asmodeus taught Solomon the secret of the Shamir. Shamir is the Hebrew word for worm. The secret of the Shamir was that it could split rock, something Solomon knew not how to do, but Asmodeus the demon made available to Solomon once he caught Asmodeus for service to the temple. The building of the temple of Solomon depended upon the ability to split rock without iron tools for the use of metal had been Forbidden by God, according to the Kabbalah. Now, right away, we should see the evil of involving demons with the building of Yahweh's holy temple. However, this is a clue to the spirit of the anti-Messiah who will build a temple or who wants to build a temple. He will be controlled by demons, but claim he is controlling them furthermore it is not true that the temple itself could not be built with rocks split by metal tools only the altar was forbidden to have metal tools used according to exodus 20 verse 25 
Freemasons and Kabbalists wear seals and amulets for protection. The only reason for someone to do this is because he does not rely on Yahweh for everything. Not relying on Yahweh is rebellion. This was one of the sins of Solomon. Here is another important symbol in both Freemasonry and Kabbalism. Oh, and in Judaism too, the six-pointed star. This star is a hexagram. People talk of putting a hex on others, don't they? Clearly, a reference to the evil magic of Solomon. The hexagram six-pointed star that Judaism calls the Star of David is the national symbol of the UN-created political state of Israel. Kabbalists reveal the truth of this star as the son of David's shield, not the star of David. They hide Solomon behind the Israel national flag and lie to the world about who it represents so Solomon cannot be revealed as the evil and rebellious son of David and king of Israel that he was. In other words, the flag of Israel is a blatant in-your-face clue about who controls Israel. The current state of Israel belongs to Solomon and the coming son of Solomon, who is the anti-Messiah. According to Freemason Albert Pike in Morals and Dogma, the Lion of Judah also is Solomon. He says, the spirit of Freemasonry is that of Judaism. Oh, the spirit of Freemasonry is that of Judaism. See the tie-in? In its most fundamental beliefs, its ideas are Judaic. Its language is Judaic. Its very organization almost is Judaic. Whenever I approach the sanctuary where the Masonic Order accomplishes its works, I hear the name of Solomon ringing everywhere and echoes of Israel. Those symbolic columns are the columns of that temple where each day Hiram's workmen received their wages. They enshrine his revered name. The whole Masonic tradition takes me back to that great epoch when the Jewish monarch, fulfilling David's promises, raised up to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, a religious monument worthy of the creator of heaven and earth, a tradition symbolized by powerful images which have spread outside the limits of Palestine to the whole world, but which still bear the indelible imprint of their origins. The phrase Lion of Judah does not appear anywhere in Scripture. The tribe of Judah is described as a lion's whelp, a couched lion, and an old lion in Genesis 49.9. The tribe has become associated with the lion and Yeshua who came through Judah is the correct lion alluded to in Hosea 5.14 where Yahweh uses the lion as a metaphor for his punishment on the houses of Ephraim and Judah. In other words, nowhere 
does the scripture say Solomon is a lion? And those images in Solomon's temple are why Yahweh told us not to make images. Images only distort reality. But that's for another show. And I have already done teachings on why we should not make images. I have spoken favorably about some things in the Kabbalah in the past. But Yahweh has opened my eyes because of my interest in getting the meanings of words correct according to how Yahweh defines them. Let's take a look at a couple of Kabbalistic terms so I can point out some very important differences between Kabbalah and the scriptures. But first let me tell you another secret about Kabbalah and Judaism. The symbols and doctrines of Kabbalah and Judaism are the same. There is no difference between them, even though the rabbis portray Kabbalah as a great secret, even within Judaism. The truth is, this deception is designed to keep Yahweh's people from understanding that Judaism and Kabbalah are the same. Jews don't use Kabbalist terminology, but they know it is there because I have had conversations with Jews who claim to not be Kabbalists, but who can explain the Kabbalah. Regular Joe Jews hide the truth of their knowledge about Kabbalah. Now, let's look at how Kabbalah twists the meaning of words. The Kabbalah uses the phrase, Son of God. I read this and thought, I knew what that meant. I thought it meant the Jews secretly know Yeshua is the Son of God. Not so fast. When the Kabbalah says, Son of God, it means Solomon. The only son of God in Freemasonry and Kabbalism is Solomon. Nowhere in their literature or understanding is Jesus Yeshua mentioned. Christians believe the Freemason, Kabbalist, and Judaism lie about Solomon being the son of God. This comes from 1 Chronicles 22, verses 6 to 10, which tells the account of David calling on Solomon to be the son who will build the temple that David was not permitted to build. And 2 Samuel 7, verses 12 to 16, where Yahweh tells David he will have a descendant whose throne will be established permanently because he will build Yahweh's temple. 1 Chronicles 22.9 Look, David, you will have a son who will be a peaceful man. I will give him rest from all his enemies on every side. Indeed, Solomon will be his name. I will give Israel peace and quiet during his reign. He will build a temple to honor me. He will become my son, and I will become his father. I will grant to his dynasty permanent rule over Israel. Now, people stick with that and don't continue to read the next few verses in the chapter where God speaks directly to Solomon through David. Verse 11, now... 
my son, may the Lord be with you. May you succeed and build a temple for the Lord your God, just as he announced you would. Only may the Lord give you insight and understanding when he places you in charge of Israel, so you may obey the law of the Lord your God. Then you will succeed if you carefully obey the rules and regulations which the Lord ordered Moses to give to Israel. Be strong and brave. Don't be afraid and don't panic. Oh, even David understood that Solomon could not be established as the permanent lineage if he disobeyed Yahweh. We read again later where it is abundantly clear that the permanent establishment of Solomon's lineage depended on his loyalty to Yahweh and the kingdom's righteous laws. First Chronicles 28.7 I will establish his kingdom permanently if he remains committed to obeying my commands and regulations as you are doing this day. Solomon disqualified himself for this permanent legacy by leading Israel into idolatry because of his foreign wives. There is only one righteous servant who qualifies to be David's permanent successor to the throne, and that is Yeshua HaMashiach. Next, there is a bride in the Kabbalah, as before, I thought the Jews saw this bride the same way we do. But she is not Yeshua's bride. She belongs to Solomon because the Kabbalah is only about Solomon. Everyone has a choice to make. Denying Yeshua either through blindness or conversion to Judaism will cause them to not be able to become Yeshua's bride. Yeshua's bride will have Yeshua's mark, but Solomon's bride will have Solomon's mark of the beast. There will be no more redemption for them because they will have married someone else. Yeshua will not die again to bring them back. The Kabbalah describes its sephira or sephirot as the tree of life. This tree however, has two pillars on each side that each represent the possibility of good and evil coming from it. This is not the tree of life, but the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Go read the article I linked to. That's at jewishvirtuallibrary.org. The center of the tree represents balance, the middle path that the Gnostics of every religion on earth teaches from American native religions, Druze and Celtic religions of northern Europe, the still extant Dianic and Dionysian cults of the ancient Greeks, Hinduism, Buddhism, and the mystery cults within Christianity and Judaism. Remember, Yahweh does not have a religion. 
He has a kingdom with citizens who keep his way, his laws. His kingdom is righteous and holy and he alone deserves our worship. Gnosticism in the New Testament was not only from the Greeks and Roman religious cultures, but was also Jewish Kabbalism. The tree of knowledge of good and evil needs humans to balance it. But the real tree of life is already balanced by Yahweh. We have no need to struggle to keep the balance. Our job is to repent, love Yahweh, and just do what he commands. The balance will take care of itself. We must leave the Kabbalah's tree that has seeped into every part of human life on earth today and park ourselves only on the tree of life, which is the Torah, the law. The deception of Freemasonry, Kabbalah, and Judaism is connected to the New World Order. The Illuminati's Gnostics, who want to reduce the Earth's population to under 500,000, down from 7.5 billion. Their deception is wide, broad, and deep, which is why Yeshua said, We need to stay on the narrow path. We must find Yahweh's very narrow definitions of His words. We must use His word for correct doctrine and not allow man-made religious and Gnostic ideas to permeate our thinking. The whole world will be deceived by this Solomon descendant. Solomon is the eye-blinder of the Jews. But Christians agree with the Jews that Messiah comes through Solomon. Judaism and Christianity hold many religious doctrines the same. The current political state of Israel is already a vassal kingdom of the beast and the beast's mystery Babylon. And now you know why the Jewish state doesn't want those who believe Yeshua is the Messiah. But here's a scripture. Jeremiah 50 starting at verse 17. The people of Israel are like scattered sheep which lions have chased away. First, the king of Assyria devoured them. Now, last of all, King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon has gnawed their bones. So I, the Lord God of Israel, who rules over all, say, I will punish the king of Babylon and his land just as I punished the king of Assyria. But I will restore the flock of Israel to their own pastures. The lions who have chased us away in the beginning were the Jews. They're still chasing us away today. Other lions chased them away to Babylon. But today they literally chase us away because they know they don't have the birthright. The books of Chronicles were written after the Babylonian captivity. The chronicler understood that Judah had overpowered Joseph when he wrote 1 Chronicles chapter 5 verses 1 and 2. And Ezekiel would later have something further to say about the enmity of the Jews against Israel. 
that's us, Hebrew Roots people, and those who believe in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and who say they are Hebrews, to which the Jews reply, you are Gentiles. Ezekiel 11:14 and 15. Then the word of the Lord came to me, son of man, your brothers, your relatives. Now know that Ezekiel was a Jew. And the whole house of Israel, all of them are those to whom the inhabitants of Jerusalem have said. Okay, so let me just paraphrase here. He's going to say to your brothers, Ezekiel, your relatives, Ezekiel, and the whole house of Israel. He's going to say something. Because those inhabitants of Jerusalem, the authorities of Jerusalem have said, they have gone far away from the Lord. To us, this land has been given as a possession. They say, this land is Ours. This is the Jewish battle cry to this day. But remember, you can't enter Yahweh's kingdom by converting to Judaism, studying Kabbalah, because there is none of Yahweh's wisdom in it, or by becoming a Freemason. John 10.1 says, I tell you the solemn truth. The one who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in some other way, is a thief and a robber. There is one more thing I want to say before ending the show. I want to give special thanks to my friends and fellow congregants who often provide scriptural references and their own insights during our midrashes. It is difficult for me to remember the specifics, who said what, because these always trigger greater understanding and thoughts in me, and that's what I end up thinking about. Also, I don't want to mention their names publicly for various reasons. They know who they are. Thank you for all you do, my friends. That's it for this Beast Watch News update. This is Kimberly Rogers Brown signing off. Click over to BeastWatchNews.com for full comprehensive coverage of all the headlines fulfilling end of days Bible prophecy.